If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. I wonder if there will ever be a time where we get on these things and we're like, dude, I don't know what, what we can talk about right now. I don't know if there's anything to be said. Just do it. Just, you, mean, you mean, hold on, Adam. You mean record an episode that's nonsense? We've never done that before. <laughs> No, Do you know yeah. what, you that's know, complete nonsense. I have to say that it, one of the things that the I universe love, would implode. What I love that, that we do, it, we're very uh, Seinfeld esque, and I love that show. What do you mean? You Wait. don't watch Seinfeld? I no, I did, but what do you mean by that? Well, what Seinfeld's known about is, is it was it's the a first, show about nothing. Yeah, nothing. it was the first TV show about nothing. Come yeah. on, we give good information. What are you talking about? Well, of course, and they have they give good humor, but mm. it's sprinkled in with tons of nothing. <laughs> Lots of nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good. Welcome to Mind Pub, the show that's about nothing sprinkled with fitness information. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. It's even yeah. better, actually. Can we change that, Doug? Can we do that more? It's kind of more accurate. I would like to be that. So The, the so, show about absolutely nothing. So I had an... Uh, that was loud. Inappropriate information. Why was that so loud? That's what I like. I had a, um, I had a karmic uh, event... A karmic? Yeah, I had a little karma karmic this morning. Event. Yeah, uh, little karma. Aren't you the one that always talks trash about that kind of stuff? Huh? Uh, Webster me there. Huh? Well, so here's what happened. Yesterday, um, you know, normal morning, uh, Adam shows up 30 minutes late, which, you know, it's not, not too... Uh, I, I hold, on. <laughs> hold on. Karma, 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 yeah, karma, let's, let's, let's hear this. Yeah. Let's hear this bullshit. You're right never, here. you're never, you're, you're not always late. But anyway, I was, I was talking shit about it, right? I was just teasing you about it. Mm-hmm. So this morning I get here, no one's here, put my bag down. I'm like, cool, I'm here first. I'm going to go to the breakfast place that's two hours down and order two hard-boiled eggs. Two hard-boiled eggs. Now, does anybody oh, in here so you know? were here because uh, I didn't see your bag. My bag was in the corner. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Who, uh, who in here knows the length of time it takes to boil two eggs? Anybody? Is it like four, four minutes? Maybe 10 minutes if you start from like cold, right? <laughs> 25 minutes. 25 minutes I sat there waiting, and I ended up being the late one here, and um, Adam mm. got his revenge mm-hmm. <laughs> and got to talk shit to me. Yeah. So now we're even. What do you mean? Get out of here, even. <clears throat> Doug and I are the only ones that care about the future of this company. I feel like. <laughs> yeah. Don't put come yourself, on, man. Don't put yourself in the same category yeah. as Doug. Whatever. Nobody. Nobody's in that category. Doug and I are the only ones that talk to each other at two o'clock in the morning, still working. Really? Yeah. Mm. A lot of times, you know, you talk about times, your feelings. No, a lot of times he'll call me up and be like, <laughs> yeah. "What do you think? What do you think Sal and Justin are doing?" I'm like, "Sleeping, yeah. of course." While you and I are working. Yeah. That's you're working so hard. Tell me what you were working at two a.m. I don't know your toenails. Yeah. Probably you're talking about your feelings. Hey, it's all it's all part of it, man. Adams, yeah, it's all part of it. Yeah. Um, I wonder if I'm ever going to see you guys cry. Uh, no, you don't think so? I think. I mean, well, I think when's the last time you maybe cried? if we all go to a Tony Robbins seminar? Or something, no, he, no, I won't cry there. You know, no you, know you know he's coming next. He'll, he'll next make month. me cry. He won't make me cry. He will. Nope. Really? Unless he—that's a challenge. Unless he punches. I don't know if I. Yeah, I don't know if I will either. Just because nah, I wouldn't. Not live. Yeah, exactly. I feel like you'll be the first person to cry. I do it. I do it in I the will. confines yeah. of my home. I think Adam will be the first person to cry, for sure. Although I come off as uh, the most insensitive, I think I have. I have this deep, sensitive, warm spot in me. And your pussy, dude. Yeah, <laughs> but if somebody's like crying right in front of you and they have like a horrible story and, and they're like crying like, in your face, I would be like. <laughs> This is how you fight it. You just laugh. It just it throws it I off. Bury and it in my gut, and I like. Uh, when's the last time you cried, Justin? Uh, yeah, that uh, I think I admitted that already when right? I was born. Yeah. <laughs> Say I cried when I was born I for two seconds. Dry tears. When you have children, they that and it was that, only because something was in my eyes. Yeah, yeah. It was I was misty. I wasn't crying. Yeah. Like I told you guys, I was I was just you know feeling it. Tony Robbins like, got me. Yeah, that's what I mean. You actually that, that te- was the last time for you actually me. teared up watching that. Well, I did. Was, I did one of these. Like it was kind of like you know like, like in, in the yeah. corner of the eye. You know, like got like glossy, and then I was like, oh my god, what's happening? <laughs> and I had to blow my nose. Yeah. Did you really? Yeah. Damn. Yeah. It's you know why? Because it's uh it's produced. So there's like not only what? is it it's not only is it already like this. Yeah, they have music. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's yeah. already like an emotional story that uh, that someone's sharing. But yeah. they've it's I'm watching it on TV, so it's been edited, it's mm-hmm. been cut, it's mm-hmm. been spliced. The music's behind it. Yeah. So just it gets it gets all those feelings going. Man. Uh, it hurts it's, to bury it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, it's like, I wish it was easy. I could be it's, all like, I'm far. It's like, like what Doug does when you talk. Like, 
What do you mean? You never noticed in our show that Doug produces it all up when you talk. What does he do? He totally cuts out all the dumb shit you say, adds oh, in all the really smart that's stuff, right, that's puts right. a little bit of soft music behind. People don't even notice yeah. it's in their ears. When you guys leave, they get really motivated. When you guys leave, I re record my parts of the show <laughs> after I, I go on Google and make sure that I'm saying things. So people are like, I knew it. Sal is so smart. So, yeah. so my grandfather cut is, out all of our like informative facts. Yeah, so, right. so, you know, anything that yeah. just, I just sound like this guy. He never says anything wrong. Yeah. So my grandfather, my Sicilian grandfather, is probably one of the most alpha men you'll ever meet in your entire life. Like he is so alpha, it's ridiculous. Like just standing next to him, your testosterone levels have to rise <laughs> to be in his presence. Yeah. This man, without fail, has never not cried at any event that any of his grandchildren are at. Any any of them. He's always in the back, and you always see him. He's sitting there, and he's just like this hardcore. Like I said, old school Sicilian man. Yeah. He'll sit there. And then he'll grab his, his glasses. He wears glasses. He grabs yeah. his glasses. He lifts them up. He puts his eye, his finger underneath his eye to kind of wipe away the tears. <laughs> and he cusses because he gets so bad that he yes, cries. Yes, he cries like a man. Because he gets angry. Yeah. He goes, God damn it, son he's of a bitch. In English. He's fighting In English, it. too. Yeah. God damn it, son of a God bitch. Son of a son bitch. Son of a bitch. Oh, it's happening. Oh, God damn it. Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> While he's crying. Fuck this tear bullshit. While he's crying because it's like, you know, his granddaughter's doing like a, a, you know, a recital to like 10 of us. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. Every, every time. Dude, that, that's the thing about these, like, uh, you know, like, real, like, hardcore testosterone guys. Like, there's a soft spot in there, dude. dude I know there's totally, a soft spot. Totally. Dude, my grandpa was the same way. He's just, like, totally, you know, super alpha dude. Like, you know, just, like, always, like, punching me. And, you know, like, <laughs> we, we'd because I would punch him first, of course. You, you punch know? your grandfather? Yeah. Dude, he was a strong dude. He used to play for LSU. And, oh, really? And, yeah, he was a badass. And he... We would, he's the one that first uh, gave me a, a cigar, and we smoked a cigar no together. Way. So, yeah, my parents never even found you out were seven. about that. Yeah, I was really <laughs> young, dude. Went to the pool hall Wash it with down him. with some whiskey, boy. Come here, son. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, like, he was that guy. Like, yeah, every now and then I'd catch him. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's he my was grandpa. fighting it. I had this client. Uh, what was his name? Jim. I, can't, I don't want to say his, la- his last name. But anyway, he used to be a boxer back in the day. So How he come was, you can do that and I can't? Because I'm not talking about illegal shit. Oh, okay. That's yeah. a good point. <laughs> yeah. Adam's like, hey, this hey, this one time I stole a car with my friend John you know, Smith. It's like, bro, I gotta chuck people yeah. on the bus. Yeah. They can trace this. Yeah. yeah. So so I got this client Jim. He's in his uh, uh he was in his mid seventies when I trained him, and he used to be a boxer back in the day. And back in those days, boxing was different than it is now. Like back then you boxed for 15 rounds or longer. Oh, my God. The ref yeah. didn't stop the Just fight. A bloody endurance yeah, mess. the ref didn't stop the fight until you basically died. Like, now they stop the fight if you can't really defend. Back then, like, the guy would beat you to a pulp, and if you're still on your feet, then maybe they'll stop it, maybe yeah. not. So he boxed during that time. So he was this tough old guy, and uh, he had these, like, just these heavy hands. I mean, you could tell this guy could clobber you. Anyhow, one day I wasn't training him, and I went next door to the grocery store, and this dude used to love to fuck with me, and he'd hit me in my arm. And I swore to God, the seventy-something-year-old man would hit me with his with his hand. And I swore to God, he wasn't trying to hit me hard. He just that's just how he hit, mm-hmm. and it was always painful. Like he'd hit me, and I'd be like, "God damn!" Like, <laughs> yeah, like solid. Like I can't, I, I can't imagine how hard you hit back in the day because that hurts. So I'm in the I'm in the grocery store, and I don't remember what I was doing. I was looking at something, and he open-handed. Hits me in the back of the head to like catch me off guard, and I swear to God, I saw stars. He hits me, poof, and I'm like, <laughs> and I turn around. He's like, always keep your guard up, and then he walks away. Oh, uh, you can tell when you I'm like, what life lessons. Dude. Yeah, what you can tell when you meet people. Yesterday, day before yesterday, we had a guy I just met him first time, Dave, and uh, introduced him to Mind Pump. So if he's listening, shout out to you, Dave. Uh, but when I shook his hand, dude. Some people they've got these fucking paws, dude. Oh yeah, and they just—you could just feel just how engulfs you. you yes, feel like you just feel baby. how salt. Yeah, just my, a meaty hand. Yeah, and I'm a—I'm not a small guy. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So when yeah. I grab an, another man's hand that I feel like just swallows mine, I'm like Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. You could just imagine getting yeah. punched by someone like that. Oh, oh dude, no thanks. Yeah. And that's—that's where that can we talk about genetics playing such a huge role, right? Somebody brought up a question on the forum that I had mentioned on the podcast that. When I see, uh, you know, I can look at someone's physique and just tell if they have a a champion men's physique or bodybuilding type physique way before they even compete. You can just see it, mm. or if and, you just want to bang them. And people were asking, "What what is it that you can see, or what? what how can you tell that?" And I'm like, "Well, I mean, there's, there's lots, so many things. There is lots of things. Probably number one though is just this natural symmetry, right? You can just some people have these genetics where they're, I mean, they already have chest, they have a shoulders, they have back, and it's all pretty symmetrical." 
that that's a very small percentage. The rest of us have huge lagging body parts. It's like, man, I've got these great shoulders, but I have no chest or, you know, my back's super weak and I have no calves. Like that's most people. But yeah. some people, they just they're everything's really even and symmetrical. So it's a lot easier to build a champion type physique. Yeah, around but it. training goes a long way. You, I mean, you guys, uh, I'm sure you guys because I have a lot of blue collar workers in my family and a lot of them uh, did it, you know, back in the day in Sicily. Um, you know, and they started working like my dad. My dad started hard labor, you know, eight years old, eight, nine mm-hmm. years old. He was working with me, with the men and he would actually give, bring a little bit of money home and give it to his mom. And whenever you like shake these men's hands, who are now in their 50s, 60s, and 70s, you could, they almost feel like they absorbed the cement they worked with or something. It's, yeah. it's like, wow, <laughs> that's a uh, grit and, you know, rock hard granite. Yeah. I immediately feel like a massive pussy. Like when I, I know. you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, oh, you lift weights. That's nice. That must be yeah. nice to do that. I used to, you know, I used to punch rocks with my hands because yeah, yeah. we, we couldn't afford a hammer. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Crazy shit like that. Yeah. We, um, we complain. I've been getting a lot of messages. I, I want to know if you guys are getting these messages too. I've been getting a lot, probably four in the last week, of personal trainers asking us to please do an episode on uh, sales skills and how to build their business through better presentation skills. Mm-hmm. Have you guys got any messages like that? Uh, I, not, I've seen it, yeah. Not that specific, but most people... Yeah. <laughs> like what are say, they saying to you? Well, they're not just saying, they're asking for presentation. They're just like, I wish you guys would go over more sales yeah, stuff. Yeah, more sales techniques. Because not just trainers, I've had people that just are in sales positions and uh, you know, respect uh, what we've kind of done in our career in, in that uh, in that realm. And we, and we know that we've talked a little bit about it. And they, I've had people compliment, too, that, hey, you know, I've heard this. You guys already done an episode or two on it, and it was great information. I would like would love more if you guys would talk more about it, mm-hmm. which I'm cool with that. I don't want to detour uh, our normal listeners that are, who just want purely fitness information because I think sales is... Um, well, sales skills is really another word for communication. I was just going to say that. And you say that a lot, and I think that's that's a very good point to, mm-hmm. to for people to understand. So... I think that once you understand that, like let's say you have nothing to do with sales, but learning that 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 effective communication is that right there. It trans it translates into so many things in life, like relationships. I mean, if if you're at all ever thinking about getting married or you are married, understanding how to uh, effectively communicate is fucking huge. Yeah, and it has it's, nothing to do with trickery or fooling someone or manipulating or, like no. people feel or think it is. No, no I'm sorry, an effective communicator. Uh, doesn't do those things. An effective communicator, all they're able to do is transfer their feeling and emotion and understanding to the other person. And unfortunately, we can't connect our brains together with a with a, a wire. Uh, but what we can do is use language. Yeah. And right. Uh, but we can we can use language and using language, both verbal and nonverbal language, uh, effectively will allow mm-hmm. you to transfer. What you're feeling, how you're feeling, and what you're trying to, uh, you know, to to say. Uh, think about it this way: How many times have you gotten an argument with someone or, or in a debate with someone, and they simply just don't see your point of view? They just don't understand your point of view. Imagine if you could convey what you're feeling to that person. Here's what would happen: Maybe they would agree with you, maybe they wouldn't, but they would understand you. Mm-hmm. There's a difference there. You know, I see people, especially right now, we got the political season going on and people debate politics all the time. And where people fail is they fail whenever they're trying to debate someone, they fail at conveying their point of view and they fail They fail at having the other person understand them. So it just becomes a fight rather than, okay, my point of view is different than yours, but I understand where you're coming from. That's what effective communication is. And sales skills is that. And That's there's what it equal is. parts you know, between the parties because if the person comes into the the process of it just with presentation mode uh they're gonna run right over and they might misread uh the communication that's being thrown right back so meanwhile this presentation is happening there has to be a receptive quality to it where i'm responding to their body language now and i'm adjusting what i'm presenting based off of you know either it's body language like you mentioned or it's verbal language that they're they're feeding back excellent because one of the the first lessons I learned in sales, when I started um, in, in fitness, uh, selling came very easily to me because I'm a very passionate person. I tend to speak with conviction. I get excited about things. And so I did very well right off the bat. But that doesn't mean I don't learn um, as I continued along with the process. Oh, and, and one of the th- first things I learned, because I, I, I can communicate you know, a million times more effectively now than I could 
uh, when I first started, uh, you know, probably even compared to three years ago, compared to last year. Yeah. But one of the first lessons I learned was this: uh, selling is not telling. Mm-hmm. Okay, let that sink in. A lot of times, people think selling is so if I'm selling, you know, Adam a product, or I'm communicating to Adam my point of view. Um, it's not me talking the whole time. You know, you can get away with that a little bit if you're really good and you're really charismatic and you've got this natural ability, but you're only going to go so far. Uh, selling really is about listening. That's so much more effective. It's about asking questions and allowing that person to talk to you so you can understand where they're coming from. And when I finally learned that, and it was probably it took me a year to really learn that, uh, I, it took me to a whole nother level in terms of uh, being able to sell, you know, training or memberships or train my sales staff. Because up until that point, I was very effective at sales. But uh, one of two things would either happen: either a, a person would buy from me, and it was pretty frequent that that would happen, or b, I'd blow them so far out of the water that they'd walk out and never want to come back. Yeah, but let's talk about why that's so challenging. Why is that so challenging for people to do that? I did it. Did you see the post I did the other day? Uh, the Margaret Thatcher quote. No, I love, I love her. I by fucking the way. love her. Yeah, too. Margaret Thatcher is one of my favorite. I fucking love her shit. So she, she uh, said, "I'm an extraordinarily patient, provided I get my own way in the end." And I'm sure most people thought of that, and they're like, "Oh, that's like you know, you know, I'm so stubborn that I, I'll wait till I get." No, no, it's about patience and understanding that what your desired outcome is. And I think that when people get into a conversation, you could this it, this carries over to a basic conversation with a relationship where you are trying to get your point across, or this. Is can happen in sales and people react emotionally and when someone tells you no or they say something you don't like or they say something you weren't ready for mm. people something happens to them and they react yeah and this is like rule number or one shut down yeah or yeah. shut down right or get frustrated or show that they're frustrated right. in their face or their expression or their, their demeanor right so learning to be patient uh, when communicating is so so important Um, You go into that conversation, you go into that sales presentation, whatever it is, with this desired outcome of this is what I want to accomplish from this. I want this person to either one, purchase this from me, or your other desired outcome, if this was just a conversation, is I want this person to understand my point of view or where I'm coming from. So if that's true, then everything that you do leading up to that is so important to that. And when they say things that uh, throw you off, like, oh, no, I don't need that or I don't want that. Getting hung up on that right there is where people get fucked up. Mm-hmm. Is everybody anybody can sell somebody who comes in and says, "Oh, I want this," or "Oh, yes, yes," and are yeah, not, not selling. Them well, either. and you yeah. see right there, like that's where a lot of these programs for how to sell better, like they're trying to get you to learn how to overcome objections, and it really it is a lot of what you're describing is just being patient to talk your way through that obstacle. It is, and you know, asking questions uh, directs. A conversation. If you want to take a conversation somewhere, the only way to do it effectively is to ask a question. Okay, here's an example. Uh, Justin, what's your favorite color? Green. Okay, so now we're talking about colors. I mean, all I did was ask him his favorite color. He answered, and now we could talk about colors all day long. And so if you're having a conversation with a potential customer um, and you're a trainer, for example, um, Start asking them questions. Have they? You ask the questions. They'll start talking about. You know, they'll give you the answers, and now you can direct where it's going to go. For example, if I'm talking to, you know, Mrs. Johnson, and we're going to talk about personal training, a question I may ask is, you know, uh, how many days a week do you think you could dedicate you know, on a consistent basis? Like you know, you could do this for long term. How many days can you dedicate to exercise here in the gym for, let's say, an hour? Now she's going to tell me. How many days? How many days a week? And it might be one day a week. It might be three days a week. I'll confirm it after she answers me. So she says three days a week, and I'll say, "Are you sure?" Now, so three days a week for one hour, a hundred percent. You know, you can commit to that, and you feel like that's something you could do long term. And she'll say yes. Now, whatever what I've done with that is two things. Number one, I've got her in the mindset of committing to exercise. Number one, because she's telling me how many days a week she can commit to. Mm-hmm. Number two, I've overcome one of the biggest objections you'll ever get. In fitness, which is, I don't know if I'm going to have the time to be consistent. I don't know if I can be, you know, uh, if I can keep this up long term, because she's already answered that question. And one thing you want to you want to keep in mind and realize is, everything that I say, everything that I say to somebody, 
can be either true or false. The person that determines whether or not it's true or false is the person I'm talking to. I can say, this is the best pizza ever, and they'll determine whether or not my statement is true or whether or not it's false. But whatever they say is always true to them, always. So if I ask them, how many days a week do you think you can commit to working out in the gym on a consistent basis? And she says, two days a week. That is a true statement. Oh, and, that's and, such a good point. Yeah. And I want to stop you there because I think this there's a moment right there where people have a tendency to the part where you mentioned before is tough to want to tell you now. Right. You say that and then I tell you that, oh, you need to do this or you we, we want you to do they're this. They're trying to be prescriptive, but they're not listening to the feedback. Exactly. You use an example that's, a, I think you should use more of an extreme example because it does happen. Someone says, well, I'm just so busy. I maybe have one day I can get in the gym. Mm-hmm. You know, that's all. I, I mean, I got kids. I've got this and maybe I can commit to one. Right. Too, so often I've seen trainers hear that and then go like well you know you need to come in three times a week they're trying to they're trying to sell the wrong thing exactly that person has committed to one day a week your job now is to figure out a way or to to sell them or to communicate to them how you can help them one day a week because they've just told you a true statement and if i sit there now the person's just told me i can definitely commit to one day a week and now i can now i'm going to turn the conversation into no you need to work out three days a week I the odds of that person hiring me as a trainer are have actually decreased tremendously. 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 Mm-hmm. But if I take that one day a week and I say, John, I'm glad you gave me that honest answer. Uh, there, one day a week isn't a lot. However, it's one day more than you're currently doing now. And here's how we can design a program to get you some results one day a week. Stop that again. Okay, so you just said something that's beautiful, okay, that people don't understand how to do this either, which is... In a sense, what they just said, it's not what you want to hear. I'm trying to sell you three to four times a week you know, for the next six months. In my head as a personal trainer, I'm, I, I want lots of commitment. I want you serious. Sure. I, I want to make a, a You bunch. want the perfect client. Yeah, right? And you say something to me. And in my head, emotionally, my body, my you can't show this in your body language, right? You can't show that, oh, great, I got this yeah. guy who's- It's a one time a week. One right? time a week. Instead, what Sal did, and I do the exact same thing, which I take something like that, that which in their mind, they know they're saying this to the trainer. They're thinking already. They know that that's not ideal. They know that. They're not stupid. Right. So if you play into that, you're only going to make that situation worse. Instead, surprise them. Be like, you know, oh, man, that is awesome that you can commit to, to one day a week right now. That's a perfect start. So you're excited. And, and, and you're not lying. No, it you're is. not. Yes. You they don't know their situation. Yeah, they weren't doing anything before. You Later down the road, you can commit them to two to three Thank to you. four times Thank a week. You. Right now, you work with what they give you, and you're excited to work with what they give you. And you need to portray that and... and Give that energy off to them. If you do that, you'll get them excited about it. But what they're expecting from a trainer, which has probably happened to them before, is when they say a statement like that, the trainer goes like, oh, oh, really? Like, you couldn't do another day? Or they keep, they're trying to push more days, or they're trying to get them to commit more when they've already told you, this is all I got. Your job as a trainer, and this is the part where you have to learn how to, to mold. Like, you have a boss who tells you, you know, oh, this is ideal, or you know, even maps. Our maps program is designed three times a week. So ideally, I would want my person working out three times a week if they're going to follow my program. Well, what if I can't? What if they only go one day? Mm-hmm. Am I going to be all bummed about that, or am I going to try and convince them they need to come three? No. What I'm going to do is I'm going to be excited that I can. I'm going to help you with that one day a week, and I want you to feel that for me. So that's what you just did, and you did it really fast and nonchalant. But I wanted to pause and tell everybody like there's an art to that. Yeah, there's an art to you portraying that and doing that as well. This was something that I felt like when when I was coming up there uh, in in sales. Uh, I I there was a I mean there's tons of books there's tons of great people I've been around but what I was able to do was I was able to listen to somebody who presented really well and I was able to see all those little things and I don't know if that was a, just a natural gift or what but. When someone talks like that, I can see that. I can see like, because I know inside emotionally how I'd be reacting and feeling. And to see that person do that, I'm like, wow, I wonder if he knows what he just did. I wonder if Sal knows what he really just did, or that's just a natural gift that he has. Because what he did, it was, it was so powerful because he he shifted the, the emotional feeling that it is opposite of what most people would have done. That's right. very, very key. Right. Well, you, you know, you got to remember this. If you're... Again, Adam talked about uh, you know thinking about the desired outcome. What you don't want to do is you don't want to create your own. You don't want to create obstacles. You don't want to create objections. And if I'm listening to this person tell me that they can only come once a week, 
and my ideal client comes three days a week, I can completely create an objection by telling them they have to work out three days a week. Now I've created this objection, and their objection now is, I can't do what you're telling me, Sal. I can only do once a week. So now we're going to sit here and battle about that. But let me give you another example of when people create their own obstacles when they're trying to communicate or to sell something. Let's say I'm giving this person a tour of my gym, or I'm showing them around and we're looking at things, and the person tells me, man, it's packed in here. Now, I can create that. I could turn that into objection by arguing with them about that or by trying to right. Go, oh, go oh, it's just oh, it's just busy right yeah. now or like it's only busy. Like first of all, don't assume the don't never never assume the person you're talking to is an idiot because it is packed. You are walking through a busy gym, and if I sit there and say to them, well, and don't don't forget what they say is true and what you say may be true or false. So I could say to them, oh, it's extremely busy tonight, but that's totally unlikely. It's it's not like this normally. Normally, it's really slow. I've just created. This, I've taken the conversation to something that I didn't need to do and created this objection and this obstacle that really isn't there. Instead, all I need to do is get say- Get excited about it. Or or not even get excited. That's one way to do it. Or what I do is I would agree with them. Like, yeah, it is packed tonight. And we're done. Yeah, I Like know. that part of the conversation yeah. is over. Oh, I, n- see, I would take that and I would say, man, it is packed. This is one of the reasons why I love what I do. Look at all the people yeah. in here that are working towards their goal. I love that yeah. feeling. Feel of the energy. energy. Feel yeah. the That's energy <laughs> of all these people heading towards their goals like that. Imagine, right. I would never want to walk into a gym that was dead and no one in there because it would be so unmotivating. This totally motivates me. Or- Hearing those treadmills going, the feet stomping, people excited to get on the next, pe- you know what I'm saying? Like, and don't forget, and you can you know use analogies that people uh, will understand because people who never really worked out in gyms they see a crowded gym and to them it looks like intimidating mm-hmm. but everybody can relate to the restaurant that you walk in six six seven o'clock at night when people are having dinner you walk into a restaurant and there's no one in there immediately you think to yourself what the food's probably shit yeah like this i don't know if i want to eat here hey you walk into a restaurant and it's fucking happening you're immediately thinking to yourself, like, this is probably a good place to eat. It's right, probably right. good food. And so I've used that analogy in the past. And that's only when it's become an object- objection, by the way. Only when I say, yeah, it is pretty packed. And then they say, mm, I don't know if I like to work out in a really busy gym. And I'm like, well, it's kind of like restaurants. Uh, the, one of the reasons why we're really busy is it's a great place to work out. Uh, but finding a way to d- follow your program or work out is never a problem. And then we move on. But it's, see, see, here's the thing. Like, we just talked about how sales is communication. You, this is an effective tool when you're arguing with your wife or your husband or you're you're talking to somebody like let's say you're arguing with your spouse about you know money or uh, you know uh, who gets who has to pick up the kids and you know she says to you you know what uh, you you need to pick up the kids tomorrow and you're like well I can't because I got to work late and then she says to you you know you were a jerk the way you said that to me now we could sit there and argue about how I said it or I could say you're right I'm sorry I didn't mean to say it that way. And we've moved on to the real subject, which is who's going to pick up the kids tomorrow. I'm not trying to create uh, obstacles. I'm trying to move through those obstacles so we can get to the core of the conversation. And when you're in sales, the core of the conversation is, are you or will you buy my product or my services? That's what I care about right now. All I care about is, and in sales is a famous line, all that matters is to get them to sign on the line that is dotted. And I know some of you listening are going, oh, that's harsh and that sounds so... But the reality is, the reason why you're talking to this potential customer is you want them to either buy your services or hire you so that you can do what you're supposed to do. Your job is to do what? Train them, get them in shape, and help them. So get all those other obstacles out of the way and don't produce those obstacles yourself. Uh, the other thing I'd like, you know, I, I want to touch on is a very effective nonverbal, uh, you know, form of communication because a lot of people, uh, I don't think a lot of people realize that most of communication is actually nonverbal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know, I think experts say something like 70% uh, of your communication is not the words, but actually how you say them and how you move and. Well, one thing that I, uh, I remember from just going through, I took some business courses when I was in college and I really liked this professor's mentality for any time we presented as a group, like you'd have a leader and they would present something. Or, uh, if it was in front of the class, you present something, you wore a suit and it was something that was like simple, but like just, just feeling that you were all put together and you, uh, 
um, you're presenting it, people respond so much more like in, in a different way than, than they would if you were just up there with your hair all fucked up and you know, you're just wearing casual clothes and all that. Like it, it, it commands authority. You know, it's, it's funny you say that when I, uh, would manage, so managing gyms, we had a uniform that we had to wear and, uh, in the early days of managing these, uh, these gyms, the policy on how you wore your uniform was much looser. Later on, they said you had to tuck your shirt in, you had to do whatever. But before it was kind of loose, and you know, you're in a gym, so everybody thinks it's kind of a, a loose atmosphere. I made every single one of my trainers tuck their shirts in, and, they, mm-hmm. and let me tell you something. I got pushback from a lot of these trainers, mm-hmm. but uh, and because a lot of them be like, it looks nerdy. I don't tuck my shirt in, this and that. It makes a big difference. Like when someone's looking to hire you, and you look very, you look like you. You you fine. You look nerdy, but you look like you take that shit seriously. Mm-hmm. Makes a big difference. Yeah. But some of the other nonverbal cues. Here's an easy one. Mirror the person you're talking to. That is a very effective communication tool. Mm. Uh, is to mirror them. And what does that mean? Well, uh, that, that's everything. If the person speaking to you is super loud and boisterous, then you might want to bring yours up a little bit, match them a little bit. If they're a little more quiet and slow. Um, then you don't want to be the loud, boisterous person. You want to bring your level down a little bit. If you're sitting, you know, in front of a, at a desk with them, and they're sitting back and kind of relaxed, then you be a little sit, Get you know, so you sit back. Right. A little. If they are in your face, and a little, then you match them a little bit. And uh, the science behind this is established that people uh, will listen to um, or or understand people who are more like them than people who are less like them. So it's it's just an, it's something to just take note of when you're walking with someone through the gym or you're talking to somebody about. Well, you know, listen to you say that stuff too, because I'm thinking in my head. I, I want to be able to give people like some books that you know that I read that I came across to that's helped in specific areas that we're talking about. And you know what? The more I think about it, I can't think of a lot of just pure sales books that I read. Like I, you know, I remember a book I liked called Sway that was cool. Uh, I remember the Tom. Did you ever take the Tom Hopkins course that they made us take at 24? I don't think I did actually. Yeah, they had this like mastering the art of membership sales course that we took. Mm, maybe I did do that actually. Did you? Yeah, I think it I, was the whole. Like, it was called um, what was it called? There was a t- there was a name. I think w- it was mastering the art of membership sales. And then he did like the he did the old school like you know tie down and you know uh, overcoming objections and he had like this formula yeah. that he did. I've had more. I think I've I, I've, I think things that uh, books that I've read it with leadership, um, neurolinguistics. Um, Winning with Jack Welch, with uh, understanding how to be candid, like things like that. I think uh, those things impacted um, my sales more than anything else. So, like, understand, like, winning with Jack Welch is like a, a big part of his book is is learning how to be candid, is just being straightforward with people, not mm-hmm. being afraid mm-hmm. to say exactly how it is versus you know kind of pussyfooting around right. with stuff. So, I really I took a lot from that. The neurolinguistics is understand. We talked a little bit about body language and people's your know, their eyes when you're talking to them and and mirroring them. You're talking about that. A lot of that type of stuff is in there. That's a really good book for that. Um, that's huge. Like if you have somebody who um, when you're talking to them in a presentation, they sit up, they're intensely listening. You you intensify the way you're delivering it to them. They're sitting back casual and they're laid back with their foot up and stuff. You're casual the way you talk to them. So. I think that's a very good tip, and that's not something you're going to find in a sales book. That's just effective communicating, like we've we've talked about. I think that um, a lot of it too is uh, practice. Yeah, is taking. Oh, come on, man. That's all. That's all of it. Yeah, you you have to. Um, and I would I would probably say that I'm probably weak sauce right now, just because I I mean I used to do that every single day of my life for hours a day is teaching this or talking to, to clients, trying to sell them on training, where we don't really have to do that. We haven't done that in a very long time. If you probably asked me to go sit in a gym, it'd probably take me a few rounds to you know, knock, knock the dust off and get back to that. So, you know, there and as long as I've been doing it and all the tools and all the books and everything that we've read and been through, um, even myself, I think that if I were to be put in that setting again, if you drop me into a gym, you know, it would probably take me about a week or two to get back in the swing of things, get some people in front of me and remember what these objections are. There's a are rhythm, like. there's a cadence, yeah. there's all these things. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I noticed that like it took a lot of work for me in the beginning, especially, but then I got better. And, uh, and then there came a point where I was good with clientele. Like I was like, I'm set. 
And uh, I was like, I'm, I don't really necessarily need to bring anybody new on, but now somebody new is coming in and I have to repeat the process. And you feel it when you haven't yeah. been practicing it. Yeah. And so. Yeah. People, uh, I, I, you know, I used to give my trainers and sales guys uh, goals, not for how many sales they got. They would have those goals. Those are obvious. But for how many presentations they would make. I would tell my trainers, your, your, your goal today is to talk to and present to 10 people. Uh, about personal training. That's a great leadership uh, tip for somebody. Is that is focusing on those things. Yeah, focus on the of things focusing that make- on most most leaders or well, I shouldn't even call them. Oh, they, they managers. push the results, not the yeah, process. exactly. Oh, you need to you need to close or you need to you need to sell three hundred dollars by today or this week you're behind in sales. You need to do this like. That's so like intimidating for the average salesperson to to hear. Like, no, you just I know that if you talk to ten people, out of those mm-hmm. ten people, five of them are going to listen. Out of those five that listen, two of them are going to purchase something well, at an average dollar amount of Yeah, money. it always it always amounts to what can you do? You know, like like I could go talk to a member. I could call somebody up if the if you have the resources for it, like which was a great resource to find uh, these memberships where they gave out you know a couple of these free sessions. You have these backlogs, and then you just go through and you call them, and you just it, it, it's the constant effort you're you're placing with like communicating with you know the sales guys and trying to create you know a relationship there so they know that you're the go to guy. Just being around constantly and being a available and friendly with your front desk person with you know your managers with like you're just the reliable guy or girl that uh, uh, people recognize in the gym and will respond to well here's the thing i think people uh, for for whatever reason when it comes to sales I, I encounter this all the time when it comes to sales people assume that it's you either have it or you don't you know like i get the whole like oh i'm not that's i'm not that kind of person i can't uh, go talk to people. Uh, that's not, you know, oh, my friend, he's a, he just, oh, he'd be good in sales because he just can talk to anybody. Sales, uh, is there natural ability that will uh, influence how well you do? Of course, there's natural ability in anything you do. I don't care if it's physical, mental, or verbal or whatever. But is it a skill? You better fucking believe it. Yeah. It is a skill. Yeah. So if, you, if you're like, hey, I'm not one of those people, you've... You've already assumed and you've sold yourself that you're just never going to learn, that you're never going to get better. And that's a massive mistake. Oh, for sure. That's Whether a you massive think mistake. you will or you won't, you're probably right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, it's a skill. So practice it and, and you'll get better as you continue to practice. I promise you, I have turned, you know, and this is not me, you know, tooting my own horn. Okay. This is just evidence. Uh, there's, you know, the, the, this is evidence for what I'm talking about. I have turned some of the shittiest salespeople into very strong uh, performers uh, within large companies that I've worked for simply by practicing and training and learning that skill. I was so good at doing that. And I had many, many teams where we succeeded very, very well. And I didn't have any superstars. I just had a lot of people who just practiced their skill and got, you know, pretty good at it because they practiced. So it's, it's a skill like anything practice it. And the way you practice it is you go out and you do it. You got to go out and present and present and present and get a lot of people saying no to you and fuck up a million times. Mm-hmm. And I promise you over time within that day, actually, you'll find yourself getting better and better. Here's something too that, that just popped in my head um, that I, I haven't never brought up on the show before. And, um, but it, it's, it this was, it's, this is something very simple, very small, but is actually quite effective. Uh, I'll ask, uh, I'll ask Adam this question. Uh, is it easier to sell someone something standing up or sitting down behind a desk with them? Oh, standing up. You think standing up is better, is easier for you? Yeah. So standing face to face versus sitting down. Oh uh, well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because I can, I'm very animated. When so I, you need to figure that out for yourself. Yeah. That's my point. Yeah. My point is figure out if you can. Are you better talking standing or are you better sitting down with the customer in front of you? Once you figure that out. That's that's where you end up. So mm-hmm. if you're like Adam and you like standing, then you're there, then go for it. Personally, for me, if I could take them down to my desk and we can sit down, uh, my odds would always dramatically increase because well, we could sit down. Well, let's it. be honest. That it, that totally uh, that's a, so you and I. You know, you talk about uh, the way you are and the way you speak versus how I speak. I'm a lot of me is energy, and I transfer that to my client. That's what I was good at. I was good at getting you excited about something. And I would love to take somebody back, and I would do an assessment with them, and I'd be walking around them and pointing out all the things on their body, and like, oh, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that with you, and 
transferring that energy uh, was uh, something I was really good at doing. Could I sell sitting down? Of course, but that wasn't my strength. And I could see you being the opposite because you're not somebody who's like I am where we you speak all loud like that. And you're no, moving. if I'm speaking to a group, I want to stand. But yeah. if I'm talking to somebody, yeah. one of the best, one of the most effective things I ever did for myself was I would we would do our assessment and then we'd go back and it's okay let's go back and talk about what we just saw and then we talk about the programs and we would sit down and slow the pro and we'd slow it down and now we're talking about getting you to hire me. How how about also uh, techniques as far as like um, you know tie downs assumption alternate advance like these are all different types of of what they of closing. So I, I love uh, using an assumption close. You guys we, we just did an episode or did a q and I think, a couple days ago that aired. And when it aired, it, one of the questions was asked um, how to pick up on girls. And one of, the, one of the things that I said I would do is I would walk over and I would just, you know, is Friday or Saturday better for you? That's actually called an assumption close. I'm assuming you want to go out with me already. It's whether it's Friday or Saturday. The same thing works in a sales presentation. That's where that came from for me. It's like I learned how to speak to girls while I was learning how to sell personal training to people. And you, when you walk up to, when you're talking to a, a member or a guest and you're talking about getting when personal training, the whole gym was pregnant. When, <laughs> when, you, when you talk to them, you just assume that we're going to be training together. You're sitting down listening to me. We're talking about fitness. I'm a trainer. You need help. I'm just going to assume that we are going to work. So well, when so I'm he, telling you, I talk, I talk about like, so what we're going to do. So what we're going to do with your program, the very first week, we're going to focus on this. And then what we're going to do is I talk as if we are going to do this. So that, and if you continue the entire. That's very powerful. Very powerful. But especially if you've been talking to them for an hour you've been talking to them an hour about all this stuff we're going to be doing together and you haven't even talked about price you haven't right. talked about money you haven't tried to sell anything you've just talked about what we're going to do it's amazing how that just is a natural flow from there like now it's just a matter of how long did you want to do that with me for or did you want to just start with the first half of that or would you like to pay for all that in full or you know that's that's what you want to get to right you want to get to the point where that's just the option well the it op- displays number one it displays confidence if I'm talking to a trainer and I'm thinking about working out with them and they're already telling me what the program's going to look like um, with, I with them with them yeah I, I'm feeling pretty confident in this trainer like oh, okay this person knows what they want to do with me and I, they're painting the picture and I think this is going to work. Another example, we talked about the guy or girl who, who said they can only work out once a week. Now that they've said that, at the end, I could say, okay, cool. You said you can work out once a week. Which day Which day are we going to start? I'm assuming like we're, we're getting started. We're going to do this. And people, especially in fitness, they need that. They need that because the motivation to start is uh, – oh, here's the thing. Think about it this way. The hardest step that that person has taken towards their fitness goal was to get in that door. Was just to walk in the door to get there. You have no idea how many times that person has thought about walking into that gym. And sometimes they'll tell you. Sometimes, and that's not a bad question. No, that's a great one. That's a great. How long have you been thinking about? That's a great commitment question right out the gates. Like, and and you want to talk about getting someone emotionally bought in and getting those juices flowing is right when you first start. Say, you know, I know you want to talk about your goals. I know you want to talk about all the things you want to work on. But let's first talk about the psychological part. Like I, as a trainer, I'm, I'm, I want to help you all the way around. It's not just your fitness. But to me, that's the easy part. But it all starts up here, you know. And I'll point to my brain. You know, it's all here first. And you know, tell me, like, how long have you been thinking about, you know, what we're talking about right now? How long have you been thinking about losing that thirty pounds? How long is this? And what was different this morning? What was different this morning mm-hmm. that you said? I'm fucking walking through that door. I'm going to change something. I'm going to make a difference. What I want to know. Let's break that down. Yeah, let's, let's, so let's break down what just happened. Let's get into that. Let's, let's get into let's that. Let's break down what just happened. So what Adam just did by asking them how long you've been thinking about it and what was different about today, what that person has now done is they've now committed to starting now. Uh, they didn't realize it at first, but once they're telling Adam, like Adam said, what have you done? What do you do? What do you do? What happened differently this morning? What made you finally decide to come talk to a trainer today, they're going to now give you all the reasons why they're starting today. Yeah. And why they've struggled in the past, why they've struggled in the past and why they're not struggling now and why they finally made the decision. And that's, that's a closed question. That's actually, that's actually a question that is a, that's a small yes. That's going to lead to the big yes, which is them, you know, hiring you and and getting your product. It also gives you the opportunity to, it's like foreplay to, to (laughs) revisit that when you do finally get to your closing presentation. So if an objection ever comes up, right. And let's, so let's say for example, that that person says, you know, I gotta think about it. Um, it's been, 
it's been two years after I had my child. I had I had a 30 extra pounds. Then I got a new job. Then my husband got injured. So I had to pick up an extra job. And they have all this stuff, that, right? They're telling you all their things. So this is very real. This is normally what happens. They got all this stuff that's going on for reasons why they haven't got to themselves, right? And you could, a lot of times people get emotional when they're sharing all that. Oh, and it's been wearing on me. And I finally, this morning I said, that's it. You know, it's time that I take care of myself. So what I will do after I hear something like that, I will commend them for being here. You know what? What's awesome is what you just did is the hardest part. You fucking walked through that door today. You'd spend two years. You've had all. And here's the thing. You know, what's crazy. And I get this a lot, especially with my, my moms, my dad's husband's wives is they tend to put everybody else as a priority above themselves. They've got kids. They've got a spouse. They've got a job. They've got family. They've got friends. And where do they fall? They're like nine. Like nine or 10 on the list of like, and when you really think about that, how good are you to all those other things? If you're not, you're not mentally there, you're not physically there, your health isn't there. Like how, how important really are those things? If you're not here or you're not here healthy or you don't feel good, like think about that. And then think about how much all those things are enhanced when you do feel good and when you are where you want to be. So what I want to do today is I want to make sure that, you know, you bit, you did the hardest thing was walk through that door. I want to make sure that I help you with this commitment the rest of the way. So literally today, all we need to figure out is exactly what it's going to take to get you there. And I'm telling you right now, I'm going to make sure of that. I'm going to help you. We yeah, call this the uh, Adam rub the shoulders technique. The, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, again, he is, uh, you know, just through that conversation, He's displaying uh, confidence in what he's doing, and no client is ever going to hire or no customer is ever going to hire a trainer that doesn't seem confident in helping that person achieve their goal with the parameters that the client has set forth. With the, I can only work out once a week, or I can only work out twice a week, or you know, I've got this injury, or I have no motivation. Because now I'm listening to Adam, and I'm thinking to myself, this guy seems really confident that he can help me mm-hmm. uh, after I've told him I can only work out once a week or after I've told him that I've thought about this for 10 years. Um, I think this, this might be someone I'm going to, I'm going to place my, you know, my trust into and don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to, to, to ask them to trust you. You don't be afraid to tell them that you will earn their trust. You mm-hmm. know, one of my, one of the most powerful lines I ever used on someone is I, I or, or have said to someone is I'd say, listen, I'm going to ask you this one time to trust me. And I promise you, I'll never have to ask you again. Now, that comes across very powerful to the person listening, especially in fitness, because people in fitness or people who are looking to become fit, that is the big fear. The big fear that they have is, I'm going to get started and I'm going to stop, or I'm going to get started and it's going to be like the last time I did it where I had to work out a ton, I barely got any results, and then I couldn't keep it up and I felt crappy. But if I'm talking to somebody and I'm looking at them and I'm listening to them and boy, they have conviction, they're confident. Uh, they're they're showing me what it's gonna look like, and oh wow, it's all in the time frame and, and scale that I said that I can commit to. Well, now I feel like I, this is possible. I think this is this is something I can do. Well, it's important to note too that not one time has Sal came out and said anything nerdy either. It doesn't. A lot of times, trainers feel insecure because they don't have enough fitness knowledge yet. Yeah, we haven't said anything That's scientific. We haven't made any scientific points right now. That's just that just sharpens the clothes. You know what I'm saying? That just takes it to a whole nother level when you can start to sprinkle all that in there, bits of knowledge and information. But really, it's just that ability to communicate that. And most people are hard. They just they need that motivation. They need that extra push. They need somebody that they can trust in to be there. Yes, you want to meet their needs first. Yes, I mean, you know, that's your mentality. And you, you can meet them where they are. You can do all this. And this is why, uh, you know, I'm sure this is why when Sal was, you know, what 19 when he started, I was 20. Uh, why we had success even before we had the knowledge and experience that we had now is because we were able to communicate like that. We didn't have all the science. We didn't have all the knowledge. We didn't have all the experience, but we did have this piece, this passion. We did care about our people. We did have this ability to communicate that. Later on, all the other shit came. Because now, now it's really powerful. Now, we don't even have to go into this. And now you have this confidence about yourself because you've already proven for so many years and most of your shit that comes your way is referrals. But at the beginning, you just can't be afraid to put yourself out there. And no, and I, and I want to be very clear, too, like to those of you listening who um, are not in a, a job for sales or whatever and are, are hearing this and thinking, oh, this is how salespeople just want to sell you stuff. No, here's the deal. Like, you will never be a successful or truly successful salesperson if you do not truly believe in your product. That is a 100% uh, step one. That The true and real confidence and conviction comes from me knowing that I am going to deliver. I am not going to promise or say shit that I can't do more than or I can't over-deliver. If I tell, if I tell you, 
You know, we we're, we can lose about a half a pound a week. I know I can probably get you to do one, one and a half pounds a week because I want to over-deliver. So that's that's rule number one. You need to believe in what you're talking about, what you're selling, what you're talk, uh, your, your product, your services, because you need to over-deliver. Because the other thing as a trainer is this. Uh, the selling doesn't stop once the person hires you. The selling continues for as long as that person is your client. Oh, yeah. Well, even now in, in, in this day and age, authenticity is such a humongous factor because of the you know, access to information. And so I honestly would, would suggest you steer a little bit more away from like bombarding them with information about like the process and how smart you are because of whatever cert or, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're able to, to do a lot of research themselves with, you know, the internet. And I'm sure they, they do some of it now more so than they did in the past, but really like it, it's meeting them for what they want to achieve and then making them feel comfortable with that process and believing that you believe in, in this process that you're presenting to it's them. It's so funny. I had a client years ago come to me. She was a teacher, and she uh, she taught at a, a university. And one of her students had referred her to me because she was telling this story about her encounter with a personal trainer. And so this woman uh, went to a trainer. She had osteopenia, which is before osteoporosis. Her doctor said, you know, lift weights. It'll help strengthen your bones. So she went to a gym, asked for the best trainer. It was some dude. She did an assessment, sat down with him. And the dude at the end was like, don't worry, we're gonna get you so toned. You're gonna you're gonna look you're gonna you're gonna look great. You're gonna burn body fat. And he completely did not listen to what she wanted, which was, I need to get my bones stronger. Like I could give a fuck about, you know, toned muscles and looking a certain way. And so she was telling this the story to uh, her class because she ended up not hiring the trainer. And she got referred to me, and she told me the story. And this is so typical. I mean, what Justin's talking about, uh, you know, listening to what the person wants, um, and in, in focusing on that, that is crucial. And it's one of the biggest mistakes people make is not doing that. You're not telling them, you know, you don't want to focus on what you think they want. You want to focus on what they want. And if they, if what they want is wrong, then you got to do a very good job. And what I mean by that is, if the person's telling you, I just want to get beat up in the gym, and you know that's the wrong thing to do. Which that's a good point to bring up because yeah. a lot of, I mean I it's know I for sure I know you guys have all I've had a ton that yeah. hired me and they, and they straight up say like I need someone to kick my ass I you know what I'm saying I need to get it going and I need that you need someone to just light me up and I you know I've seen so and so getting his and like so you're going to get that so right. that's good to point that out right and you you know you want to reframe it you want to reframe it and what I mean by reframe it is does the person really want to come in and get beat up? Is that the goal? Is the goal to simply just get beat up in the gym? Mm -hmm. Or why do they feel like they need to get beat up? And so I'd ask them that. So like, oh, I need I need a trainer to kick my ass. I'd be like, well, why? What, what What's your goal? Oh, I want to get lean. Okay, so you want to get lean. It's not that you want to come in and just get beat up. Mm -hmm. Your goal is to get lean, right? And they say, yes, right. awesome. Because we're going to find the most effective way to do that. And it may include a lot of intense workouts. It may not, but we're going to watch your body and see how you respond. And you may be surprised. We may figure out a way to train your body in the most efficient ways possible that takes less time and less effort and less energy. How does that sound? And I guarantee the person's going to look at you and go, that sounds awesome. Oh yeah. Well, I'll turn around and I'll, I'll ask that person right back that says that I'll say like, Oh, I'm glad you brought that up because I do get some clients that that's all they care about. They just want to get hammered in the gym. They don't really care about changing their physique or getting in better shape. They just want to get hammered in the gym you know, explain that to me. Are you somebody, are we, are you wanting to lose body fat? Are you wanting to get in better shape or do you, do you just want to get hammered in the gym because they're different? You know, so I'll put it back. You on just them. reframed it. Yeah. And, and you know what? 99.9% .9 of the time, actually, I don't think I've ever had anybody tell me, oh no, no, I don't want to get in better shape. I just want to get beat up. Yeah. And so, in which case, I'd be like, "Cool, <laughs> the lady like that." Yeah. Did you really? It's crazy. Lady. Oh no, I've had, I've had that. I, I have. I, that's why it's important to ask that because I have had someone say, "Like, I don't give a shit about my Actually, weight." I've had two ladies like that. Yeah, so. I don't give a shit about my weight. I don't care about all stuff like that. I just, for me, it's stress relieving. I want to sweat. I want to do. I'm, okay, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, if that's what you want, like that, I'm here to service you. But yeah, I want to make sure that's clear. I'm like, have if, to change the title of what I am, though. <laughs> I am dominatrix. Exactly. Yeah. 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 No, don't be afraid to re to ask it. And that's just like sad said, Sal said, reframing that, you know? Yeah, I think in the future, guys, I, you know, just putting this out there um, in, in the far future, nothing too soon, but I think I really see that there's a need uh, in the industry for uh, fitness professionals to learn 
how to uh, build their business. One of them is presentation sales skills, mm-hmm. but there's a lot that goes into building your business in fitness. And there's lots of certifications you can get in courses about fitness, but there's very little to nothing in terms of yeah. teaching these people how to build their business within this industry. Well, of course. We so I think we need to eventually. This is something we should tackle. I believe. Oh, well, this arena will will definitely hundred percent because we we, we all know that we can't we came from the 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 big daddy of all big daddy chains. I mean, it's the biggest in the world as far as fitness chains, as far as revenues. And concerned. we were with it when it grew and yeah, implemented and, so many different. And we know how terrible a lot of the the sales training and all that stuff was because of the people that were teaching it weren't that weren't the most talented and it's so big it's hard to reach everybody so i know just within that company how much help that we could do so there's there's no doubt in my mind that there's a ton of trainers out there especially if you're a private trainer i mean look god that's hard if you're a private trainer and you didn't work at a, at least at a chain like that you get some sort of structure some sort of it's a different animal completely. yeah man you if you come fresh off of, of a kines degree and decide you're gonna just okay i'm gonna start being a, yeah. a private trainer well, i'm gonna open up my studio right yeah, away that's a fucking monster well, and a half yeah. man Oof. that is especially Good if luck. you do it thinking because of how smart you are right because that's probably the, I think the big I think a lot of these trainers they meet a trainer and they say like they see their success and, they and they're go, like oh I know more than he oh does. yeah I know so much he's an idiot therefore he I'm going to be a successful trainer yeah wrong and that is so so wrong, wrong. wrong. I mean I, I would I would love to be able to teach all these really smart trainers how to build their business because it will only help so many more people because there are a lot of really good communicating right? trainers that aren't that good. Haven't you seen that? There's yeah. a huge, like the best trainers I know are terrible at sales. It's and I, I hate to well, call them out, but like I would totally be like, dude, you know, I would love to help get you more business because you're doing it right. Well, let's talk about, let's there, there's a, there's a huge disconnect here with this profession that it's, it's, it seems like it's either or. Yeah. It's either or. Either is. you are this super fit, buff, like fucking dialed in guy and don't know shit about helping anybody else out, you know? And you're, you're awesome sub slinger. Right. Yeah. And then you have the then you have this super intelligent, nerdy guy who spent most of the time in the books than he did in the gym and just can't communicate that to anybody. It's like it is rare. And I know that it's very rare because I've trained thousands of trainers underneath me and Man, it was it was when you cut when you find one when you find that trainer who's got a nice balance of all of it. You're just like, oh, oh yeah. hey, heaven's over. Yeah. I've actually had quite a few trainers message me and say that uh, enrolling in our programs, uh, the Maps programs, um, helped them with their with their business because it helped them learn mm. how to present things like phasing and adaptation versus recovery and how to program properly. Yeah. Um, and then that in turn gave them more confidence in presenting to their to their clients and customers. I, I I would I would not be shocked if a nice chunk of the amount of programs that we sell goes to trainers who are just trying to mm-hmm. you know learn how to uh, build their business through proper programming. Yeah, stuff I like could that. totally see that. Yeah. yeah. Have you guys got any messages like that? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, we've gotten I've yeah. gotten a lot. Of, I just uh, I think I straight- we have a huge audience of of fitness professionals well of course you guys being the the big time sales guys too i mean i still get messages just on my own unique perspective of that because it was more of a struggle for me you know well being being from that end of it which is why i love to hear you talk about it it's um you in sales reminds me of me in men's physique everybody thinks like i'm this men's physique guy like i did that because i wasn't good i didn't have the natural genetics like that i wanted to prove that hey i could go after something show you that right there is a skill to this there is a there is a piece to this that you can't train that way uh the same thing goes with sales you know maybe sal sal and i might have came out came out the womb communicating or feeling comfortable doing that but it's not to show not to say that somebody can't i remember we've talked before about when i first met justin i had two trainers at the same time and 100% 100% I would have thought the other kid was going to be more successful at first sight but that I did at that point I was still learning Justin's work ethic and he just had a work ethic that would just dance circles around this kid and that's why he excelled and continued to excel and is now would destroy him when it comes to that so yeah there's it, a process to it and that 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 should be encouraging because like if if it's a struggle for you you definitely can get better at it and there's a method and and like you know you guys bring up a lot of gems for people to grab onto just if you just implement these few things first and right away you'll see a difference you know it's just 
it's the practice and it's the application. And also, if you get these kind of nuggets, you know, really hold on to that and and, and start to use it. Well, th- there's another great point right there. So I would get, you know, I, we must have talked about already 10, 15 different little gyms as far as different types of closing skills and tie downs and points to make. That's a lot. I would never take all of that and try it's like learning a golf swing. Yeah. You know, and there's nothing more annoying than if you've ever tried to swing a golf club and going with like two or three other guys that golf really well, all trying to fucking tell you. You know, like, oh, you gotta look at the ball, oh your elbow here, oh your yeah, wrist rolling here. Thing at a time. It's like fucking hey, dude, a dude, leave leave me yeah. the fuck alone. Let me just <laughs> practice one thing. And I've told my buddies that Let before. Let me get in my flow. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. I heard what you've said. I I'm picking up on all the things I'm doing wrong, but right now what I'm trying to do is perfect one of those things. Yeah. I'm trying to get really good at this part of my swing. Great point. And then I'm gonna then I'm gonna add the next piece of that. And the sale, selling and communicating is very similar to that. Is there are so many pieces to it that uh, that will make a great swing or a great sales presentation. Don't overwhelm yourself with all the different things that we're saying right now. Find one or two things that we said that you feel like you're not doing and implement it and become a master at that. And then add the next. And one. the way you do that is through practice 100% listen if you like mind pump leave us a five star rating and review on iTunes if your review is one of the best ones and we pick it you will win a free t-shirt uh, mind pump t-shirt also check us out on Instagram at mind pump radio you can find me at mind pump Sal you can find Justin at mind pump Justin Adam at mind pump Justin and you can find all of our programs did I say again mind pump Justin sorry Adam mind pump Adam <laughs> and you can find all of our programs at mind pump radio mind pump media he's a hater because I have more he's followers on my page <laughs> thank you for listening to mind pump if your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump.